I'm Lauren Dimmitt Waters. I'm a New York City-based blogger and influencer who has been covering beauty, fashion, and lifestyle for what seems like forever. But now I'm a woman in midlife who wants to discover all the secrets to growing younger. I'm ready to explore topics that deal with health and anti-aging, especially when it comes to beauty, fashion, wellness, and longevity. I'll unearth what works and what you shouldn't waste your money on. Even if it's crazy, I'll hunt down the latest and greatest to help us all get through this journey called life with a little humor and a lot of attitude. I want to keep fighting the fight so we can all grow old ungracefully. So welcome to Beauty is a Bitch. Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of Beauty is a Bitch. My guest today, Dr. Vonda Wright is a double-boarded orthopedic sports surgeon, internationally recognized authority on active aging and mobility, and an innovator focused on optimizing personal and professional performance at every age, from the backyard to the ball field to the boardroom, via building physical and mental hardiness and resilience across the lifespan. She serves as the inaugural chief of sports medicine at the Northside Health System in Atlanta, a lot in here. In addition to her surgical practice, Dr. Wright is a media content expert and regularly contributes to national TV shows, including Dr. Oz, The Doctors, and The Today Show. There's a lot of, of print publications that she uh, has contributed to. Dr. Wright has written four books on topics surrounding active aging and precision longevity. She's created the nonprofit Women's Health Conversations, which ignited a national conversation on women's health. She is the host of the Hot for Your Health podcast and performed award-winning research that is reshaping the way we think of aging in this country. Hmm. How are you doing? There's a lot I'm here. Great. <laughs> oh, you know, I like, like so many women, I think we do a lot of things at one time, and I certainly am just like that. So, okay. Well, I wanted to. Can you like tell us a bit about like your practice and how like Absolutely. You come to the importance of aging and longevity? which is a hot topic for me and my listeners. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, as a practicing orthopedic surgeon, um, many surgeons are motivated by the technical side. They want to they put metal in bones. And I'm certainly like that. I certainly have the hands and the fascination with fixing things. However, my first job in medicine was as a cancer nurse and at a very young age. And at that time, it left an indelible mark that life is precious and we have to do everything we can to preserve it. So even as an orthopedic surgeon, uh, my motivation is that by saving your mobility, I'm actually saving you from the ravages of chronic disease. And so when I entered my academic medicine career, my first at the University of Pittsburgh out of my fellowship, I started doing some of the first in the country research looking at musculoskeletal aging. Because there's a myth in this country that aging is this inevitable decline from the vitality of youth to the frailty of old age and that there's nothing you can do about it. And I know you know this and probably your listeners do, but that is a myth. If right. we harness the power of mobility and all the choices we can make, we can live healthy, vital, active, joyful, long into the foreseeable future. Okay. Tell us a little bit more about that then. Like Yeah. So, you know what, I don't think it's a surprise to anybody at this point that there are lifestyle changes, uh, lifestyle ways to control aging, but I want to reframe aging, right? So instead of talking about the things that people know that they should do and then don't do, know what they should do and don't do, 
Let's talk about reframing aging in the first place. I like to tell people, anybody that will listen actually, that from the minute of our birth Mm -hmm. to the minute of our death, aging is the most natural phenomenon. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know about you, but, you know, my 20s were good, but I'm not going back, right? I want to, right. And so, you know, I think this country, uh, we're a youth worshiping country. We're all, products are all anti-aging, but I think we need to pivot because in a youth worshiping country, we're worshiping people who are, who haven't even lived to the best parts of their lives yet, right? Why do we, the price of experience and getting to the place where I am at, at least, and probably many of your listeners, the price of experience is aging. And so for me, it is living more every moment, facing the future, not running from death, not looking backwards at some place where, you know, if we're honest with ourselves, 20s were fun, but they weren't that fun. Right. Yeah. We, yeah. We had no money. Right. We were in school. We had no experience. Many of us were still living with our parents. So let's pivot and look forward and reframe aging. Um, and I know that's what you do. I'm so thankful that we can bring all these conversations out about how to optimize these times. Okay. Well. Okay. So then, I you started a uh, a website and a and sort of like a, a portal for women in this bracket ah. called ageless, which, but you spell mm-hmm. it phonetically. So it's I do. A-J-L-E-S. And so what was the inspiration behind launching this initiative? You know, I took all my years of musculoskeletal research, which showed that we can stay strong and maintain our brains and all the good things of life if we invest in ourselves every day. And I partnered that with my work in my nonprofit called Women's Health Conversations, which has put on live events for a thousand women and reached lots of people with content. And I wanted to really elevate and curate information now that the country is really recognizing that perimenopause, menopause, life after 40 is actually prime time. So, but here's, I got a little militant in my older age. At these, this time of my life, I got militant. So Ageless Life, A-J-L-E-S period life, which is actually the name of the website, is a place where smart, savvy women like you and me gather around highly curated information, live events. I give you my opinion all the time. You know, I tend to just tell, tell how I think it is. And we are in the passionate pursuit of the best of life right? We are not going to settle for getting by like we did in our 20s. We're going for the best, whatever that means to each one of us. We're being ageless, Mm -hmm. authentic, and indefinable. I get to be authentic because don't tell me, look, if, if you could see me now, people, you would see I'm holding up my finger, which when I point with my she fingers, is. she is. it's a little crooked. <laughs> uh, and my family makes fun of me, but I'm telling you, I get to be authentically who I want to be now. Yep. I am who I am. I'm 54. I get, to, I get to not color my hair if I want to. I get to color it if I want to. I get to wear glasses. I get to do anything because I have paid my dues. So that's the authentic. Don't, and then indefinable is don't tell me what it's like to be 54. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me what it's like to be whatever age you are. I will tell you how I'm going to define this age in my life. And so that's why when I started thinking, what am I going to call this? And what is it going to look like? And I 
And I went to look at a definition of ageless, A-G-E-L-E-S-S, the way it's actually spelled. And the phonetic spelling came up. I thought that's perfect because we're indefinable and we're going to be who we want to be. And let's spell it phonetically. I love that. I yeah. love that. So do, let's, we're going to come back to this because of, okay. of course I want to pick your brain a little bit more about this, but what kinds of patients and clients do you serve? Obviously. Yeah. Women and, and men, uh, women and In men. orthopedics you mean, or with ageless life? Let's do, well, I, both, I guess. Let's yeah. talk about. So in my clinical practice, I serve everyone from birth to death. I serve uh, athletes and active people of all ages and skill levels from peewees in the backyard mm-hmm. to the ball fields, to the bedrooms. You know, there's a lot about mobility that makes sex great to the boardrooms because the same uh, pre- precision performance we use for elite athletes that I take care of, we use for executives, right? So my practice does all of that. I'm a sports doc. I do shoulder, hip, and knee arthroscopy. Ageless life Mm -hmm. serves 40 to 60-year-old women and everybody who loves them. I am not saying that that, uh, men can't come on ageless life. You are all welcome. But you will see the content is specifically surrounding women in our demographic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We deserve our own content. The I things agree. we live through from, from 40 and beyond, we deserve a place for ourselves. And to be treated like we're smart, which is what we are, because there's so much condescending media right now. Oh. Like when did turning 40, 50, 60, I don't need to be patronized. I'm at the top of my game, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So you say that you help women in their 40s and beyond feel and function at their prime. So give, give us some of what that means. Like, what, what do you mean? And what is it that you, that you help women? Like, what are some of your tips? Yeah. So, you know what, there are, people are familiar with the five pillars of health and I, and you, you can read them anywhere actually, but they're pretty generic, right? So we know that we should move. We know we need to be concerned about nutrition. Sleep and restoration is getting a big revival around right now. We need to be concerned with toxins and um, we need social groups, right? So people know that, but they don't do it. So I try to call out (laughs) what is the one thing I can make a small change. So let's talk about nutrition. I am not about shaming food. I want you to do more of the good stuff, which is lots of green leafy, lots of lean protein, whether it's plant-based or animal-based which means there is less and less space for refined sugar because something that ages you from the inside and the outside. And frankly, ladies, I'm as vain as the next person. Sugar gives you wrinkles. So I have filled up my life so much with green leafy and lean protein. I don't have any space for refined sugar. And in fact, you're here. I do the same. Do you? Right. (laughs) And people think, Oh my God, how I'm, how am I going to not, have all this sugar. Well, I'm going to tell you after about 10 days, which is what it takes to sugar detox in my book. Uh, and it's hard because I find after about three days, I'm opening my cabinet. I'm subconsciously looking for the sweet sugar. That's your brain addicted to sugar. You close the cupboard, you walk away. Why about seven or eight days in my experience, I don't miss it. And then I don't want to go back. Right. So if there's one nutrition thing that you have not done yet and that you want to focus on, it's minimizing the sugar, maximizing lean grief, lean grief, 
green leafy. I'm having trouble tonight. <laughs> green leafy and lean protein. So that's my nutrition tip, right? Okay. Yep. And if you do that, you know, I'm telling you experiences with my patients and my own life. Two things happen to me when I do that. Because honestly, if I'm being really truthful with you, I fall on, all on, on and off the wagon. Of course. Because you're, yeah. you're human. Because I am a human person right. as well as a doctor and everything. So, but two things happen. The yes. two surprising things happened the first time I did this. Um, number one, I didn't hurt anymore. Because I'm an old athlete. I was achy all the time. I would step out of bed and I could barely, you know, I'm creaking across the bedroom. And I'm like, oh, oh my God, that went away in about, I mean, and it's a dose response. I know now that if I go out and eat a big bowl of chocolate ice cream, which there's nothing wrong with that because it's dark chocolate and it's good for you, um, (laughs) except it's packed with sugar. Let's be real. Right, right, right. I get a dose response. A, a dose response to the inflammation, how much sugar yeah. I eat is how sore I am. That's number one. So that went away. And I felt all like, I don't even know how old I felt. I just felt unpainful. Mm-hmm. Number two, without changing anything else. And I do not preach about weight loss. I preach about lean muscle mass, which is about my next tip for you. I lost 12 pounds because Americans do not realize they eat 16 pounds of added sugar a month. What? With, oh, Without even, without even noticing, because if you turn over the back of any product, you're going to see 32 grams of added no, sugar. I, I, know, I know that we are, there is added sugar. I mean, I know that. You have to read your oh, label yeah. carefully. I know they put sugar in everything. So we've gotten addicted to it. But how much? 16. One, six pounds a month. Of added sugar in your wow. diet. Yeah. Wow. So, so when you high. cut it out, and okay. if you cut it out and you don't change any other way you eat, you're going to lose weight. And I did it. I mean, it's not, I did it accidentally. I stepped on the scale. I'm like, holy cow. What's up with that? Well, that's so a nice a little bonus. surprise. That's a that's bonus. That's a bonus. <laughs> yeah. But most importantly, as an orthopod, we de-inflame our bodies. So, so that's the nutrition tip. Uh, if we're going to choose one thing to do mobility wise, I want you to build your lean muscle mass. Muscle is an amazing metabolic organ. Uh, when you build more lean muscle mass, you lose more fat. Fat is a noxious metabolic organ that secretes all kinds of chemicals, which gives you disease. And it's just, we want to, I now notice people, I did not say you need to lose weight. I said you need to maximize your lean muscle mass. And you might actually gain weight when you do that because muscle is heavier than fat. But you will be metabolically healthier you will not fall down from a standing position. Lean muscle mass will help you build better bones, which is what we all need. So there's a lot of functions of muscle, right? Yes. Helps you yeah. get out of the toilet when you're seven oh, yeah. years old. Yes. Yeah, because you know what? I have to put this in here, but as an orthopod, I don't want you to fall on my watch. When we fall from a seated position and break our hip, 50% of us do not return to pre-fall function and a full third of men die. So I know. So let's get strong enough that we can push up from a seated position that we just don't topple over, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. So that was two to build. That was two. First one was to cut out sugar. Yeah. Two was building muscle mass. mass. Number three, toxins. So thank God for Richard Carmona, the 17th Surgeon General of this country who banned indoor smoking. Oh, yeah. He was the impetus, right? So many years ago. And so now, it's, you're almost a pariah if you want to do it near a building. In fact, I have just moved to a town in Florida called Lake Nona. The whole town is 
and no smoking. You can't even find a smoke shack on the outside of a building to go. So thank God that that is done with. Well, not really, but because kids are doing it now. But we can say we've made a big dent. Right. The toxins I want to talk about today are endocrine toxins, such as plastic noxious waste. So all of the packaging of our food today, because of convenience, I get it, is plastic. But all those uh, toxins that leach out of the plastic find their way into our breast milk and our blood and um, give us disease. So I've become a big fan of a doctor named Manasa Mantravati who started, she's a pediatrician, she started a company called Ahimsa Health, which is focused on building stainless steel uh, eating utensils, cups, plates. I mean, it's, it's kind of ancient technology. We had these when we were children. Yeah, Replaced by plastic, plastic became cheap. And- I know. My whole house is filled with plastic, and it's hard to get away from because it's ubiquitous. But I think in the same way with that we taught this country in one generation to recycle and be sustainable, if we address this, yeah. in the same way we got rid of lead and our kids got seven points smarter in the IQ and you know got rid of... Uh, we taught people to recycle. We can do this for endocrine toxins. We can just change, but it takes not only people like you and me and the moms of the world, but it takes policy and we just have to, you know, step up and talk to the people who make the laws. So that's number three toxins. Number four, uh, rest and rejuvenation. That's important. That's important. My sleep story is that when I was a resident and for seven years, a resident and fellow and a young mother. Uh, and I, we don't even have to get into this, but I let my baby sleep uh, close enough to me that I knew she, when she was awake all the time, nine years, I didn't sleep. Yep. I protect every moment of sleep now because what people don't realize is that you may feel like you're knocked out and that there's nothing going on, but sleep is, the, is a hugely metabolically active time in your life. So you're your conscious brain might be shut down, but your brain is actually really active sorting memories. Your cells are really active sorting uh, toxins in and out. And so it's important we create environments of sleep by decreasing our inflammation. We've already talked about that. By letting our nervous system ramp down from our day, right? It's easy to get all ramped up like we're being chased by a lion. It takes time to quiet ourselves. And then finally, you know, one of the biggest helps that I had to completely regulating my sleep was, was doing the research, reading the books and deciding that for me, I was going to go on hormone replacement therapy. It totally regulated my sleep patterns, you know, and if people are wondering, this is something you have to figure out for yourself, people, because there's so much controversy, but I read this book called Estrogen Matters by Avram Blooming and Carol Tavris. And what they did is that they digested all the world's literature on hormone replacement as it relates to disease and benefits. And I'm not reading all those stories, but they, I mean, all those research, but they did. And thank goodness. So, and I made the decision. So that has been a miracle uh, with all the other things to create a sleep environment. And then the fifth pillar of health, we've talked about nutrition, mobility, toxins, sleep and restoration. We're going to talk about social groups. 
Okay. In this world of digital connectivity, you would think that we're more connected than ever. We are, social scientists will tell us that we are lonely in a crowd. We are surrounded by noise and we are lonelier than we've ever been. And in fact, we know from other social scientists, such as Dan Buettner, who wrote a book called Blue Zones, where he studied the longest living groups of people in the world. And he, the reason the book is called Blue Zones is he circled these populations on the map with a blue pen and found out why these people live the longest. And there's a group of women, there's a blue zone in Okinawa, where these women are put together as children into a social group, pre four kindergarten, they go to school together. And they go to middle school together. And then they eventually graduate and they get married about the same time and have to raise their children together. And now as little old ladies, they get together every day. They've grown up together and they have these deep social ties because there's an abundant research that loneliness is a detriment to health and happens most as we age, right? Yep. So those are the five pillars of health. And those are the maybe the new things that I like to tell people that aren't as prevalent in the general media as some of the, you know, get out and exercise and. Right. Well, what if like, okay, so when, let's go back to your fourth point, which was the rest and rejuvenation. And I get yeah. asked this question all the time um, because sleep really starts to elude many of us in middle age. And yes, you know, that's great. HRT helped, helped you, uh, you know, um, I, but I still, I know women that have taken HRT and they still have problems sleeping. So. Of course, of um, course. How many hours of sleep do you, and do you say or think mm-hmm. that women should be getting an evening? Well, and you know what, I, I want, I love that you said it that way because the one size fits all medicine right. that we've been brought up with this in this last hundred years served us okay, right? In the 1900s, we only, our life expectancy was 40, so we spent a hundred years doing one size fits all medicine. We are now in a place that not only is our life expectancy higher, but we get to do precision medicine. So that is the long way to say every woman is different. But when you listen to sleep experts, they estimate that you need two and a half REM cycles, which is about seven and a half or eight hours. Now, uh, you get by with less than that. Yep. I know that I can fully function in a day in four hours because I lived through nine, nine years of not sleeping. Um, I don't wish that upon you, so don't test that. Get as much as you can. But it's individual, two and a half REM cycles, which is about three hours or so, so seven and a half to nine. But sometimes, you know, HRT helped me, but there are so many other things. It's not one thing. It's not right. just melatonin. It's not just... Uh, I'm a big fan. I take a, I take a, a, a multi, a multi-ingredient product at night that, yeah, it has melatonin in it, but it also has anti-inflammatories in it. All, Cause I'm trying to create an environment that promotes sleep. So I want to be completely anti-inflammatory. Yes. I like a little melatonin. It doesn't make me sleep longer. It makes me go to sleep faster because I can't stand staring at the ceiling. I have chosen HRT for myself. I like being, having a cooling blanket. I do so, you know, I like, there's a a marvelous company I work with that makes a cooling blanket. Um, We're just creating many things. Um, And it's not one. So I I don't want people to give up, right? If they've tried one thing, 
Agreed. And it doesn't quite get you there. Pile something else on. What cooling blanket? Tell us what that is. Yeah. So I like this company called Chili Sleep. And it's, okay. it's just like it sounds, C-H-I-L-I, sleep. And they make a product that um, the mattress is cool. It has uh, a little box on the side that can regulate. It knows when you get too hot and it makes it cooler. You can preset. You can experiment with it. And they have this new device, which I really like because I like to be really buried. They have a weighted cooling blanket. So you can feel that weight that helps you snuggle and sleep, but you don't have to be sweating the night away because it's cooling you. So Chili Sleep, actually, they're having a a sleep challenge all next week. It's free that I'm speaking for just trying to put together. I'm so sorry about that. Just trying to put together how you create this microenvironment of sleep. Oh, that's awesome. And then oh, you said though, there's this a supplement that you're taking at night. Oh yes. So yes. So a good Thank friend of mine is the supplement formulator. The brand is called Prose, P-R-O-Z-E. Uh-huh. You can find that website. And the specific sleep product, which addresses inflammation. I like that. Signaling yeah. of decreasing our, our activity before we go to bed. It has melatonin in it. It's called NODS, N-O-D-Z-Z. So pros, P-R-O-Z-E, and NODS. And you just squirt it under your tongue. It, mm-hmm. it helps me get to sleep faster. It adds to my environment of sleep. So all these things. I mean, I made a bold statement on my Instagram account a couple days ago that I have figured this midlife sleep thing out. So, <laughs> Ooh, Oh, I thought you had a lot of response to that. You know what? Surprisingly, I thought I'd get a lot of, oh my God, tell me more, or yeah. oh my God, you're lying. But right, I, really, right, right. I really kind of have. So I'm, so I'm just so joyful because before I figured it out, at 2.37 every night, I woke up. Yeah. With either going to the bathroom or a hot flash. And I don't know why my body, it was like clockwork, 2.37, I'm up. So isn't that funny? Yeah, no, I, I find my, I don't have a problem falling asleep. It's yeah. staying asleep. So, you know, at about, for me, it's about 4.30 in the morning. I'm like, Ding, you know, yeah, right. and, and, you know, sometimes I read and I go back to sleep or sometimes I like just wait it out or sometimes I'm just up, you know? Exactly. Yeah. That's a tough, 4.30 is a tough time because it's almost done with night. I know, I know. <laughs> So it's like, should I just get up and get on with my day? Right. And then I know at like five o'clock at night or in the evening, I'm going to hit the wall and I'm going to hit so, it hard. Yeah. 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 Oh, wow. That's okay. Well, that's good. And then like, okay. So when you're saying, let's talk about the social groups again and like, you yes. know, yes, loneliness. I I've seen it, especially with elderly. Mm-hmm. If you want to watch somebody just decline rapidly, it's loneliness. I can say I but really. Yeah. So what is it? I mean, and you know, we're all guilty, I think, especially women in midlife because, you know, we, we sort of straddled life before there was social media and now a lot of us are in it. So we're as connected as a lot of us as our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what is it that we can, and then of course you add COVID on to this. I know a lot of us were just isolated and we, we kind of lost our social skills a bit or we're nervous <laughs> about, about being out or whatever. So yeah. Like, yeah. what are some things that you advise us to be doing? You know, uh, during COVID, you know, and we're still in a pretty a worse COVID time than we were before, although I believe many of us have learned how to be as safe as we possibly can right, be. Right, right, right. I mean, I, things like this, we're on Zoom right now, things like this is still better than nothing. This is right. better than 
not seeing people at all. So I don't want to discourage people from using the tools we have. But the minute you can get out, listen, we, we can all go to a big park outside. Everybody bring their blanket. We can sit around in a big circle as far apart as we feel comfortable and still be in the same space. Um, we, we may not feel comfortable going into a shoulder-to-shoulder crowded eating establishment. Many, many people do right now, but there are creative ways to go out and play tennis with your friends, go out and meet for coffee and social distance, or listen, go for a walk together. I mean, you can still be in the same place and be as safe as we possibly can be. Now, yeah, I mean, many people, many groups of friends, you know, they're being safe together. They're, yeah, yeah, they're that's together. Mm-hmm. They've gotten their set group of people. You know who you're exposed to, and yeah. that just gives you the ability. But I also wanted to give people permission, and I don't know that they need my permission, but I have found over my life that my, and I don't think I'm unique, that my, what do they call my wagons are circling in a tighter circle. I yeah. have fewer friends but I have deeper friendships, the kind of friendships where I may not see Karen in Chicago for a year, but the minute I pick up the phone, it's like I was there yesterday. Or like I have a friend, Ella, in Pittsburgh. I don't even have to explain myself to her. She just gets it. And she's like, oh, we are the same kind of person. I think that over time, it's less important to have the big groups of acquaintances and we can truly be deeply connected. And when we are together, it's just so enriching. It's like we were never apart, right? So, it's so I, quality over quantity. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing that I'm going to say permission again, you people don't need my permission, but I think sometimes there's a hesitancy to divorce toxic friends. <laughs> Twice in my life, I've had to just say, I didn't, I mean, I didn't confront them. I mean, I guess what they call it now is I kind of ghosted them. I I became less available. It's just, you know what? Life is hard enough. We are in a pandemic. We are women with tons of responsibility. People depend on us. Why would we consciously and voluntarily get sucked dry, right? Yep. I call them, I do. I call them blood suckers. Yep. The yes. people just drain the life out of you. Yeah. Let them go. Yep. They will find their way. They are not your responsibility. So yeah. I'm glad you and I agree on that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I call it, I call it spring cleaning or cleaning house. Sometimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I'm just saying it's not like I look to do it, but sometimes yeah. it presents itself and you're like, yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 You know, if someone's exhausting. Well, and there's no room, you know, being a woman is hard enough and we're, women are rising now and and many people are speaking out, but you know, I work in a world where there are 94% men orthopedics and you know what? I get along really well with my male colleagues, but, uh, there is no room. I agree with who was saying it. They got in trouble. Uh, there is no room for mean girls. Listen, there's plenty of meanness in this world. There's plenty of of men that are going to not give you opportunities. There are plenty of microaggressions. Why does it also have to come from women? Yeah, I think we should be supporting each other for sure. Because, I mean, if you can have as many men, I I mean, I had a lot of male friends. Uh, I worked, used to work in a very male-dominated industry before I started doing this. And, you know, a, a lot of great 
male friends, but there's yeah. just something about your girlfriends that just, you know, it's just yeah. a little different, you know, it's and a shared experience. Yeah. And, and, you know, as much as I loved having male friends, uh, you know, I still always liked having my girlfriend, but yeah, yeah. I understand that's, that's yeah. important. So I think, uh, but I also think when you talk about mean girl, we also mean girl ourselves a lot, a lot of that self-talk. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, you don't need it coming. You know, we need to stop doing that too. <laughs> from the inside and the outside, right? You don't the inside, need it. Yes, the, 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 the assaults coming from outside and from inside. So yeah. I, oh, wow, this is, this is really good. So um, let's talk about though, a little bit more about mobility, like what we yes. can be doing. Um, and, you know, just real quickly, like, you know, you talk about like lean muscle mass, whatever, mm-hmm. but you know, there's a, there's a lot of talk about as we get older, it's more important to do weight training, uh, mm-hmm. to keep our bones, you know, anything to keep mm-hmm. strong. We need to keep mm-hmm. muscle mass and strong. Right. So what are some tips that you, or maybe some advice that you can give us on that front? Yeah. On how to build lean. I want to talk about two things, how to build lean muscle mass and then, and then how to stay moving. Even if you haven't been doing it in a while, right? So to build lean muscle mass, you can go to a gym and use the weight, the free weights. I prefer free weights. I prefer you do two sets of 10. You're going to get more than 80% of the total benefit from two sets of 10 at about 80% of your one rep max. So what does that mean? I'm just going to tell you how to go do it. If you're going to go to a gym and let's say you're going to do a biceps curl, you're going to pick up a weight and, and bend your elbow towards your head. The max you can do is what you can do once. So, you know, let's say that it's 20 pounds. Then you're going to work out at about 15 and you're going to do two sets of 10 and you're going to get about 80% of the total benefit. Once people start jacking up the reps to four sets of 10, that's when you start getting hurt. So you can do it in the gym. But listen, people, uh, Free weights, body weight is just as good. So I encourage people who, oh, we used to work in offices, but now at home, nobody knows what you're doing when you're on the conference call. Turn off the video and do a wall squat while you're on the video call or pace the room or do chair dips on your office chair. All of those things count. Carry your 10-pound bag of potatoes up and down the 17 stairs between the bottom floor and the top floor. Everything counts. Now, listen, um, to be safe, we actually need to have enough strength to get up off the floor without using our hands, right? We shouldn't have to get up on all fours, one leg at a time. So that's a learned skill. We can practice getting up and down from a seated position. We need to be able to do, women, 11 regular push-ups. And it's not that easy, you know? But 11 enables us to be strong enough to be safe. I have many, 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 many people, men and women, who I bring into the operating room on the travel gurney, and they're awake, and I say, okay, now I'm going to hold the bed, move onto the OR table, and they cannot even lift their own bottom off the bed. Now, listen, people, that is not safe. So 11 push-ups for women, 22 for men, right? So it's not hard. You just be a little creative. You can lift your grandchildren, your children, sacks of potatoes, run up and down your stairs. That's building your butt core and quads. Um, I think we try to make it too um, difficult. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Number two, let's say 
that you are an adult onset exerciser. Adult onset exercises are those that really haven't done any mobility their whole lives, but have gotten the message and they want to. Or let's say you're a glory dayer, which you're 54 years old, you're still talking about what you did in high school, which is fine, but you need some new stories about what you can do now. <laughs> so the way you do that is something I call speed play. And it's individual, it's precision, right? So uh, whether you're on a rowing machine or a bike or the street or your treadmill, warm up for five minutes, get your heart going a little bit, break a little sweat. And then after you've done that for the next three minutes, ramp up the speed, go as fast as you can safely, right? After you've done three minutes, completely reverse it and recover. Do sets of those, three, two, three, two, that's five minutes and work up to 30 minutes of that. It's so personalized that for me, you know, when I do this, I warm up at about four on a treadmill. I ramp up to six and a half to seven, and then I completely recover at 3.2. Now, people who are better athletes than me or better endurance, they might start at six and go up to nine. But see what I mean? This is about you. And we're just going to speed play. And then when 3.2 is easy, you're going to go to 4.1. And then maybe you stay that way forever, or maybe you do constant running. I don't know. But that's the way you work up without hurting yourself. I like it. Yeah. yeah, I I do believe that you need to keep moving. And as we get older, we generally don't move as much because, you know, Mm -hmm. we're not running around like we did. So it's critical. It's a key. It doesn't matter. My, my 82 year old mother got her first sports injury in her seventies when she started doing Zumba and she sprained her ankle. So it's never too late to start. I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's great. All right. So, um, what do you want women, you know, age 40 and up to feel when they join this ageless life? Like what's the goal there? I want women who to join ageless life who I'm I'm not, I'm really serious. They are passionately pursuing the best in life. We're not going to muddle through the last 30 years of our lives. You know, if age life expectancy is true, a 40 year old woman is probably going to live half of her life after 40, right? I want you to be healthy, vital, active, joyful. But to do that, you got to have the right information. You got to have the truth. So we curate the best information. I'm a surgeon. I'm never going to lie to you or water it down. I think if you're listening to me today, you hear me be pretty like vehement. I've got my crooked fingers shaking (laughs) shaking it at you. You So we're going to tell you the truth and we're going to curate it. We're going to surround you with smart, savvy women, just like you, right? I mean, Maybe ageless life isn't for everybody, but it is for women who uh, are smart. They want to know the next level of information. Yeah. Uh, they want it presented by other experts. You know, I, I'm a doctor. I do the precision longevity posts. I write about health, but we talk about money. We talk about beauty. We talk about science of aging. And I have an expert for all those. So we've talked about relationships. I've got a couple of pretty cool experts that talk about sex and relationships, all the topics at an elevated way. You know, once COVID passes a little, we're going to do more live events, you know, for all the reasons you and I talked about. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we're in our founding member stage. So those who, those who get involved now get to help us create the world we want to live in. 
right? It's great. I also really like the getting information because I'm all about, you know, knowledge is power. Yes. And, you know, I like that. That's why I do this podcast. I mean, the things yeah. that I learn and I'm hoping, you know, women learn so that this is a place they can go to. Ageless Life is a place they can go to. You know, there's just, I just want there to be so much information for women to get, you know, the, the answers that they're looking for, you know, the and truth, I think, right? The you truth and the truth, about. not sugarcoated, yeah. right? That's right. It's getting the truth and trying to figure it out because it's really confusing navigating through all this and we're getting, you know, assaulted from every direction, not in and insulted, but assaulted, right. <laughs> assaulted with, you know, right. like, like right. you know, we're there, we're finally being recognized, but that also means now we're also prey. You know, especially oh, a target. You know what? I had never thought of it like that. We're targets. Now. We're targets. We're moving. Yeah. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much. I'm. Oh, it's been my do you have anything pleasure. else you want to say before we wrap it up? You know what? I just want people in our age demographic to understand that uh, the best is yet to come. I was recently asked, describe the best day of your life. And you know what? I've had some really best days of my life, you know? But I truly believe that if we are in passionate pursuit of the best in life, that my best is yet to come because yep. I'm more experienced. I'm more confident. I'm not, I'm being authentic. No one gets to define me. And it's a different way to live than when I was 20. Yep. You're here. No going back, right? No. So anyway, if you want to uh, check out the Ageless website, it's ageless spelled A-J-L-E-S dot life. You can also follow uh, Dr. Vonda Wright at Dr. Vonda Wright yes. uh, on all forms of social media. So that would be Twitter and Instagram. And um, thank you so much. This is, I, I love chatting with you. Oh, it's, it's lovely to talk to like, like-minded individuals. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're going to wrap it up. If you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out a lot. And I have a new pro-aging podcast weekly so please contact lauren at fountainof30.com for sponsorship opportunities so goodbye everybody uh and remember sugar it's not good for you 16 pounds a year or a month excuse me that's terrible okay goodbye everyone 